Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, November 29th, 2018, and it is a beautiful day outside. Regardless of the weather, if you are awake and listening to this and your feet hit the floor today, then it is a good day. How's that for optimism on a Thursday? Something exciting about this Thursday is I get to wear jeans to school. I'm so excited. It's Jeans Day. I love Jeans Day. Um, It is Jeans Day because tomorrow is Friday and our superintendent's days got canceled last week due to weather. Or not superintendent's day, parent-teacher conferences. So we usually do Fridays or Jeans Day in our school (coughs) to raise money for local... um, It's a fundraiser, so you pay $5 to wear your jeans and then it's donated. Some of our favorites are the food, local food pantry, the Dollars for Scholars. Um, oh my gosh, I'm like, I just drew like a complete blank of what. Oh, the school supplies, stuff of us. Oh my gosh. All I could see was like a backpack in my mind. And I'm like, it's not for backpacks. What is that word? Hopefully my word retrieval is not this terrible throughout the day because it could be a long day if that's the case. But anyway, we get to wear jeans and then all that money is donated to whatever that week's organization is. So I don't know what it's for. I just know that I get to wear jeans today. Very excited. Um... And you know what the best part of the day is? My husband's coming home. I'm so excited. They are en route. They were in, I believe, North Carolina last night when they called. I don't know. I was asleep. He was supposed to call around 9. He said, he goes, I'll call you around 9. I have a voicemail. It said, um, like, after 10. And I tried... I tried to stay up and I was so tired and I remember hearing the phone ring and being so tired I could not even like move my body to go answer the phone and I don't think I really should be that tired very bizarre um but that's neither here nor there (laughs) yesterday we talked about M is for marriage and you guys liked that a lot of listeners yesterday so you must love marriage and figuring out, you know, how you can make yours work and what's important. If you haven't listened to yesterday's podcast, you might want to go take a listen because it was popular yesterday. Today we're into N and I was trying to think, oh, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? And as I flipped through the quotationary, um, it had nonconformist. Now, typically, a nonconformist... <laughs> I don't know. That just wouldn't be something I would pick for my quote of the day. But I did watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer this week. Does anybody see where this is going? I think my favorite... I don't know. As I watched Rudolph by myself, because my husband was not home, and usually that's like a snuggle on the couch watch. But anyway, he... So I'm watching Rudolph. And I'm thinking of all the big vocabulary that was in Rudolph, right? I don't know. Have you ever thought about the level of the vocabulary in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? 
You probably haven't because I know I hadn't. But really, it has some pretty stellar vocabulary in there. And one of the words, what is Rudolph and um, the dentist? Oh my gosh, I just watched it. And I've watched it every year since I could watch TV. Um, oh my gosh. Is it Hermie? Drawing a blank. Anyway, it'll come to me when I'm not thinking about it. They were nonconformist, you know, because... You know, that one scene in the, um, all right, that was probably like a crazy break, made no sense. Um, I hit a button and I stopped the recording and I don't know where I was at. So I know what we were talking about, but I don't know where it stopped record, like when it broke out. So I apologize. I could go back and fix it, but this is living with Lisa, keeping it real. And here's the reality mistakes happen it's okay we move on so thank you for your forgiveness and understanding moving on rudolph and herbie i said hermie it was herbie um hermie is that little worm that was this big you know that camp song (laughs) all right never mind um hermie the wormy but we're talking about herbie the dentist with rudolph they were non-conformist so here's my quote of the day on the nonconformist. According to Ralph Waldo Emerson, a nonconformist is whoso would be a man must be a nonconformist. Josiah W. Gett, he who refuses to be satisfied to go along with the continuance of things as they are and insist upon attempting to find new ways of bettering things. Wasn't that Herbie? He understood those elves were eating a lot of candy and that they needed a dentist. He and he assisted on it. I mean, after of course he ran away and almost died. And but then he came to his senses and he came back. An anonymous quote: "A nonconformist is merely a person of conformity in reverse." <laughs> I think that's funny. But whatever. Moving on. Let's talk about Rudolph because you know what. Last night, um, we had our last, like, ladies get-together for Bible study. And I thought, you know what? We could end with just the Bible study or we could end with something fun. So we did an ornament exchange. And I read the nativity story. And we played the left-right game using the nativity story. And if you've never played the left-right game, is what you read a story and... Every time you say the word left, you pass the gift to the left. Every time you say the word right, you pass the gift to the right. And then at the end, you will end up with a different gift. So it's fun. You know what I mean? Um, And it's just a different way. So everybody, you bring a gift, you leave with a gift. I put the numbers on um, index cards cut index cards in half because I didn't want the ornaments to get banged around playing the game. And we had a lot of fun. But prior to playing the game, I did like a Christmas trivia. And one of the questions in the Christmas trivia were was, who are Santa's reindeer? So I'm going to ask you, who are Santa's reindeer? And can you name them in order? 
Okay, so how many people had to sing this song in order to figure out Santa's reindeer? <laughs> I know! Isn't that hysterical? We are like grown adults. And in order to come up with the reindeer, we have to sing them. And, you know, the ladies, you know, I asked them and they all looked at me. And then without any prompting, like they all started kind of hum it. And then by the end, they were all singing and we sang Rudolph. And it was great and it was fabulous and it was so much fun. Um, just, oh my gosh, so much fun. But I thought it was interesting that even as adults, now, mind you... How often have we heard that song, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, right? And, you know, we can say, um, what are the reindeer's name? And even if you start talking, you end up singing it. And then one of the other questions was, you know, what is the seventh reindeer or something? I don't know. So it was just, it was fun. It was, it was a very fun thing and it brought us much laughter. So thinking of Rudolph the Red Reindeer, I'm staying right on the reindeer kick today. I thought it would be fun to look at some fun facts about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And so I found this really great website, um, 12 shiny facts about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And it's on mentalfloss.com, which I will uh, put that address in the description of this podcast. So if you want to go to mentalfloss.com and read for yourselves, I will. Guess what? Hmm. Uh, Rudolph wasn't the star, didn't even exist until 1939. The other reindeer made their debut in Twas the Night Before Christmas with Clement Moore in 1823. So when Twas the Night Before Christmas in 1823 was published, there was no Rudolph. Rudolph did not come to in existence until 1939. It's kind of exciting. So 116 years later, Rudolph came to be. I found this, I guess, not really surprising because it only makes sense in our society, but I thought it was interesting. How many people remember Montgomery Ward? Rudolph was actually created for Montgomery Ward in 1939 because they wanted a character for a freebie coloring book that they were handing out to the kids that visited Santa. His name wasn't Rudolph at the beginning, but he ended up becoming named Rudolph, and the kids loved him so much. And Montgomery Ward, you're not even going to believe this, gave out 2.4 million copies of the Rudolph booklet in the first year. 2.4 million booklets of Rudolph in 1939. Montgomery Ward is the creator of Rudolph. I think that is like, I don't know, amazing and the writer, which, you know, the author side of my brain just finds this interesting. Robert May is the creator of Rudolph. 
And he was one of Montgomery Ward's copywriters for their mail order catalog. If the younger generation has no idea what Montgomery Ward is, but it was fabulous. And I still remember going with my aunt and you got to pick this stuff out of the catalog and then you went to the store and it came around on the conveyor belt and you got to watch your gift come out of the unknown on the conveyor belt but all right I digress but anyway um <clears throat> Robert May actually was going through a hard time when he wrote Rudolph and when he was trying to come up with this marketable character in quotes um, for the coloring book, that summer his wife died from cancer. And he was a widower with a four-year-old daughter in 1939. And Montgomery Ward tried to reassign the project, but they couldn't find anybody. and Or they could, but he wanted to finish this project. And Robert May said... I needed Rudolph more than ever. He needed Rudolph. He completed the story by August, and Montgomery Ward kept the copyright. Um, they um, gave it back to him in 1947 because he was struggling and financially. So in May of 47, he regained it. But that story really... Rudolph was created by a grieving dad for a daughter missing her mom at Christmas. I Can you even imagine? I, like, to look at Rudolph now and know that Rudolph came to be because um, Robert May's wife died of cancer in 1939. And he wanted something positive for his daughter at Christmas and Rudolph came to be and I'm 40 some years old and I still look forward to sitting and watching Rudolph every year so um and other names he almost was um called Rolo Rolo the reindeer but they said Rolo was too sunny and too happy. <laughs> and Rudolph couldn't be sunny and happy. And then Reginald, Romeo, and Rodney were also <laughs> names. He ended up being Rudolph. I'm so glad they did Rudolph. <clears throat> um, and the original story behind Rudolph is totally different than what we're used to. The original coloring book, Santa found Rudolph while delivering presents to the reindeer village. And he was just having trouble delivering the gifts, and no one remembered to leave the lights on him. So, in Rudolph's dark house, Santa tripped on the rug, fell on his back, and when he discovers Rudolph in the glowing nose, a light bulb of his own goes off, and he invites Rudolph to help him with the rest of his drop-offs. Dutiful Rudy leaves his parents a note and then helps save the day. That was the original story of Rudolph. How fun is that? He wasn't really this misfit. Um, you know. I love that. I think I like the new story better. The other one, you know, the kid running away from home to go live with the big elves. Don't like that. Um, and originally... 
he wasn't going to have a red glowing nose to cut through the fog. He was going to have headlight, headlight-like eyes to light the way. Um, but he switched it, and I just think that's fun. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or Rudolph the Big-Eyed Reindeer. I definitely like Red Nose. I mean, Mr. May did a nice job changing his mind. And in Finland, they don't call him Rudolph. Um, they call him Petri Punakunono. I can't even say that. So, moving on. Rudolph has a son named Robbie. Robbie the reindeer is Rudolph's son. I didn't know that. I knew there was a Robbie the reindeer. I did not realize that that was supposed to be Rudolph's son. Look, I've learned some more new stuff. Rudolph's song wasn't recorded until 10 years after the character was invented. And since Gene Autry recorded it, the tune has sold 150 million plus copies. Um, Johnny Marks um, specialized in writing Christmas songs, and he's the one that turned Rudolph into a Christmas song. And Johnny Marks is Jewish. I don't see why that really matters, but they see that they, I guess because he's writing Christmas songs, so he's talented. It just means he can write anything. But the website special, you know, makes a note of that. I don't really see. He also wrote a Holly Jolly Christmas, which I know is one of the ladies from Bible Studies' favorite song. Now I love that. And he did Silver, Silver and Gold. Love it. 1964, Rankin and Bass stop motion TV special had the longest running holiday special. It wasn't the first to bring Rudolph to the screen. That honor goes to Fleischer Studios, which copyrighted a cartoon in 1948 as more advertising for Montgomery Ward. So Rudolph's first debut on screen was in 1948 as an advertisement for Montgomery Ward. Um, in 2006, the Antique Roadshow highlighted the original um, characters that were used in that. That's kind of neat. The song is still copyrighted, and the image of Rudolph is still a trademark. And the makers, it's now Rudolph's Reserve Ale. They found out the hard way in 2003, and they later changed their name to Rude Elves Reserve. A company tried to use the name Rudolph, and <coughs> Rudolph's name is copyrighted. I think that's kind of neat. So Rudolph's name is a copyright. You cannot name your company or anything Rudolph's Reserve Ale. They had to change their name to the Rude Elves Reserve. Because Rudolph's name is a trademark and it's copyrighted. I love that. Very neat. So that was from mentalfloss.com. And I will put that link in the description of the podcast so that if you want to go there and check out more, because there was more like little tidbits, but I don't know about you. 
That's a lot of details to remember. If you remember nothing else, remember that Rudolph started as an advertisement for Montgomery Ward. Bada bing, bada boom. Get me a room. Sorry. <laughs> and, yeah, I've already had my coffee, shredded paper. I got a load of laundry in the dryer. And it's going to be a good day. Um, so there's my Rudolph tidbits. And all because of a quote on nonconformity. Sometimes nonconformity is not a good thing. You know, so make a good decision, an educated decision, when to conform and when not to conform, right? So now that you know that, you know, when I say, oh, what are, who are the reindeer? I just need to know. Give me a call in. Were you able to name the reindeer without ending up in a tune by the end? I'm just curious because out of 13 or 14 of us last night, I think there was 13, we all ended up humming and singing the song by the end. Like singing the chorus in unison and then laughing. It was so much fun. I'm just wondering, did everybody else have to sing the song to figure out who are the reindeer pulling Santa's sleigh? I don't know. It is Thursday. It's a beautiful, beautiful day to say thank you, to bless somebody, to take care of yourself, to make healthy choices. Um, thank you for listening. This is Lisa living with Lisa, keeping it real. Thank you for listening to my Rudolph fun facts and tidbits. And I don't know about you, but Rudolph is probably one of my favorite longstanding memories. That was in the evening that my parents stopped doing whatever they were doing and we sat on the couch, my mom and dad and my sister Heidi and I, and we watched Rudolph together. A family memory. And you know what? Memories are something we can cherish, and sometimes they're not. But this is a good memory, a happy memory, a joyful memory. And I love Rudolph. All right, have a great day. I will catch you tomorrow on Friday. Thank you for listening. This is Lisa, living with Lisa, keeping it real. And let the Christmas fun begin. It's a joyful time of year. I pray that you can find joy. Bye.